Today's podcast is brought to you by Auto Conversion. B2B companies are faced with a multitude of challenges today when it comes to sales and marketing. The perpetual need to be creating demand will almost never subside. But with so much noise in the marketplace, how can your company's message cut through and reach your target audience? At Auto Conversion, we have a way. Through conversations and relationships, we help our clients form, package, and deliver their branded messages in unique ways that create awareness, spark interest, and drive demand. Find out how in our brand new B2B Demand Generation Quick Start Guide, which you can download free today at www.autoconversion.net or by texting ACB2B to 555-888. That's ACB2B to 555-888. If you aren't growing your business, then your business is shrinking. Get the free guide today. Hey, we got a good show lined up for you today. Oh, well, I'm a Game of Thrones nut, so that's, that's, that's my jam. So the robots are listening. The robots are listening. Hey, everybody. We're here at Autoconverse On Air, our live weekly webcast on mobility tech and connectivity, how we are connected, and the way we get around. I'm Ryan Girardi. Thank you for joining us. Today is Wednesday, April 10th. Happy Hump Day. And happy National Encourage a Young Writer Day. Yeah, did you know there's a day for that? Um, a young person has a vivid imagination. And I picked this for a reason because I got some neat stuff to share. But maybe someone who likes to tell stories, read a lot of books, and these may be signs that they are or could be a great young writer. And so National Encourage a Young Writer Day would be a good time to talk to them about their ideas and dreams and encourage them to pursue their goals and develop their writing skills. Now, I don't know about you, I write a lot now, uh, blog constantly, and I trace my writing days back to, I would say, my senior year of high school. And funny thing is, is I struggled with writing and hated it as a youth. And somehow in my senior year, in uh, my AP writing class, something clicked and I loved writing, and I haven't stopped since. So here's some ways to support a young writer. You can give them a journal, which provides a place for daily writing or periodic writing, short poems, inspired essays, where they feel they can stretch their wings, if you will. Uh, offer writing prompts, uh, random bits of inspiration that can come from the most unlikely sources, but often generate unexpected results. Now, prompts are available all over the web, as well as in books and apps. If you know the performer, the singer-songwriter, Tom Waits, uh, probably one of the, the most eccentric singer-songwriters you'll ever know, I remember listening to him in an interview, and he said his, his ideas for songs and writings come at the strangest of times, and he, he can't control it, but he knows when, when these ideas come, and he's like, he's got to stop everything he's doing uh, to make sure he captures that. So I thought that was pretty fascinating that he would share that. Uh, encourage them to read. I think we all know uh, good writing starts with uh, with lots of reading. Anyone who's an author who writes a lot will tell you that they probably read more than they actually write. So another idea is create a young writers group. I actually did this, uh, I think I was about 19. I, uh, I, I signed up at this bookstore and they let me start this writers group. I was like a poetry group and we would meet, I think once or twice a week. And 
do all sorts of poetry type stuff. And we actually, I actually put together a lot of what we did into a printed, like a news, uh, just a printed sheet of paper that we would pass out and fold around. Looking back at that, I, I, I realized that what I was trying to do was make a blog. This was before blogs existed. So just a lot of fun. So we hashtagged uh, encourage a young writer day. I hashtagged that on our announcements here on Facebook and LinkedIn. So yeah, join in on the fun and encourage a young writer day. Now, today on the program, we have two special guests about to join us. They're sitting in the wings, Michael Garrison and Dan Vega from Blue Success Television. Uh, Dan Vega, I said Vegas, so my apologies. Dan Vega is an entrepreneur. He's a speaker, a business coach. He's a talk show host and an investor. He specializes in helping existing companies and people maximize their profits and reducing their costs overhead. Dan is the founder and lead instructor at Blue Success Television, Business Leaders Unite. Now, Michael Garrison is also an entrepreneur in real estate and in television. His current position with Blue stems from the opportunity to host two weekly live, live talk radio shows uh, called Movers and Shakers and Work Hard, Play Hard uh, through Omni Broadcasting. And Garrison is also one of the partners of Blue TV. So we'll have those uh, we'll have uh, the two on in just a few moments. Before I forget, uh, get out your phones and text the keyword. My phone is my monitor, by the way. Text the keyword autoconverse to 64600, and you can have uh, this show sent to you on your phone moments before we go live. You don't have to watch it live, but you can. That way you'll have the link, and you can always catch the video replay later. So again, six, text the word uh, autoconverse to 64600. Okay, so today I told you I'd stay on the Boeing 737 uh, max grounding situation. Also, Great Britain, the United Kingdom came out with uh, plans that they want to start regulating social media. So I wanted to, uh, to hit on these things real quick. Now, in the Boeing thing, last week I shared that I had uh, an, a lengthy conversation on a Southwest flight with a Southwest pilot. And what I said last week was, when I look at the situation, not through the lens of media, but look at it through articles, conversations, my speculation is that these pilots were not trained or undertrained to handle the situation that they were in. Now, the Ethiopian Airlines just came out uh, with their, their report, their conclusion that this was not pilot error. There was nothing they could do to get the nose uh, reversed on the plane. Again, this, there's a technology built into the planes that forces the nose to go down to keep it from stalling on takeoff. Now, I'm not surprised that the airlines, Ethiopian Airlines, would come out with that conclusion because why would they come out with any other conclusion? They need to put this all on Boeing. Now, in the meantime, this is starting to creep up on Boeing. We knew that they had halted production by over 20% of, this, of the MAX planes, the 737s, which I need to point out have been in operation for over two years. Uh, there are over 60 planes in operation between uh, American and Southwest here in the United States who, again, have the optional safety feature and the training and have not had any issues 
which is why they did not ground the planes. But orders are taking a hit. Obviously, airlines are not ordering the planes right now. And the ones that are on order are being basically put on pause. American Airlines is canceling about 90 flights a day right now uh, to avoid, because they can't put these planes in the air. So yeah, this is causing, it's causing quite a bit. So love to hear your thoughts. Uh, I will, when I get Dan and Michael on, we'll see, uh, we'll get their thoughts on the situation as well. Let me turn over to the big news about Britain. They are now laying out plans to end the internet's wild west days and take a world leading role in regulating big tech. Now, I don't know about you, I'm surprised it's taken this long for governments to get here. And I think a lot of governments are going to follow suit. We'll see. Uh, so the, the government says it wants to legislate for a new independent regulator that would oversee harmful content on social media, search engines, messaging apps, and file sharing platforms. Now, this would be the UK's first time regulating online safety with the internet uh, conventionally seen as ungovernable. And the platforms that fail to keep hate speech and content relating to sexual abuse, violence, terrorism, or self-abuse of their services would face fines under the proposed rules. Now, obviously, the big tech firms, Facebook, Google, uh, probably, well, Amazon actually, on a <laughs> different development, is starting to regulate its, it, the way it sells products. But that's a different story. Of course, these firms... These tech companies are opposed to the legislature, the, the idea, and they're coming out lobbying against that. So I've laid that out. Let's go ahead, Dan and Michael, let's go ahead and get you guys up here. Appreciate you waiting in the wings there. Hello, hello. Yeah. Hey, Ryan. Great to have hey, you here. Dan and Michael are, are dialed in from uh, separate locations with both down in beautiful, sunny uh, Florida. You guys are in the um sarasota area correct or no uh, gulf coast panhandle pensacola destin that okay. area pensacola even more beautiful so yeah <laughs> thank you <laughs> it is <laughs> so we'll get into blue television in a little bit but you know i i i, I you heard me talk about the boeing situation and the uk situation i just i'm curious if you have any thoughts on the boeing situation uh Dan, I mean, you, you fly a lot. Are you affected by this? Do you have an opinion of what's going on? Yeah. You know, I, I have mixed feelings. I've tried to loosely follow the story. And I know that Boeing is really taking, you know, the, the shareholders, the, the stock has taken a dive. A lot of nobody's ordering these planes like they were. But in actuality, I think they've had, you know, I think two crashes in the last six or seven months. I know they have come forward and said, hey, you know, we will take some, we're not saying we weren't at fault at all, which I think that, you know, is, is responsible. But I think like any successful company and even on head of a company, you're going to have to take some lumps sometimes. And I think it really just matters if, if they're going to do the right thing. But I, you know, every company is going to have its, uh, it's problems. And I think two in a row in six months doesn't necessarily say that it's a bad airline, you know, a bad company, or, you know, I can't fully say that they're, um, you know, negligent based on two crashes. Michael, what yeah, about yourself? I, I don't feel like you could lay it completely off on Boeing. 
if you look at the areas, the regions that are affected by these airplanes going down, uh, might be some questionable practices in those particular regions as far as safety standards. But being that it's a software issue, uh, it could be Boeing's fault. <laughs> yeah. And to your other point, Ryan, which I'm sure kind of ties into the media and vetting social media, how do we know we have all the real, the information? Yeah. <laughs> That's the other fact is like, I don't, being in the media myself, even what the, the traditional regulated side is not very regulated. So it's like, I don't even know if I have the whole story, to be honest, it's hard for us to speculate. <laughs> we never have the full story. We're, you know, we only get what we, what, what we, what we can get. That's why I brought up my conversation with the pilot. He doesn't have the full story. Uh, you know, yeah. he, he's shielded by, by the airlines PR. So yeah, you just have to, I think, find information from multiple sources. And, yeah. you know, again, I'm staying on it, getting an echo here. I'm staying on the story mainly because uh, I, you know, it's, a, it's an era, it's in the aerospace field and that, that relates to what we do. And I knew right when this happened, this was, this was going to be a big PR debacle for Boeing. Yeah. Um, and I, I think we're seeing that for sure. Uh, so let's take the whole thing. You got regulation, right? We, we have regulation in automotive. We have regulation in, in commercial and not even just commercial, but general, general aviation. But we don't have regulation uh, on, on Internet TV. We have regulation on cable and network television, on mm -hmm. radio, but not with, not with Internet TV. So with Britain coming out saying, hey, we're, we're going to start putting a plan together, a, a model. Do you think this is, do you think this is the right move? Do you think it's the right time or did the government need to stay out of this? I, I feel like, you know, for the online harm aspect of it, I feel like government needs to regulate, but the regulation is only going to be as good as the regulators. Uh, so, it, you know, what can, they do can they oversee everything i don't think so these kids nowadays are changing the way that they're communicating they're no longer i was just reading an article and and i have you know children as well and uh but they're they're no longer using just social media platforms to talk communicate and so on but uh you know they're using the shareable feature in google docs to where where they can communicate in real time and then they can delete the actual document uh, if, if they get caught or whatever. So it's not like passing the paper note back and forth through classrooms anymore. It's, it's really easy. But as far as, you know, the, the online hate speech, all the terrorism, all the different things of that nature, uh, yeah, I do believe there needs to be uh, some form of regulation on that. Um, what it is, I, I wouldn't even venture to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm in full agreement of regulating. I mean, again, looking at the, the traditional media outlets, there is some vetting and there's some compliance that you have to meet when you're with a, a network, let's say, um, or a responsibility, let's say, as a writer. Um, and those, those rules, in my opinion, are still fairly loose. But these social media platforms, I mean, honestly, they are news feeds now yeah. Yeah. like millions upon millions of people are getting their news from twitter you know from facebook and other platforms so i definitely think that you know i'm kind of in alignment with what you're saying what took so long it 
it really is. I told somebody a week ago, you know, it feels like the Wild West online. And I definitely think it needs to be cleaned up. Yeah, especially when it comes to, uh, you know, is the news authentic or is it created? You know, are people intervening and interrupting and intruding into other countries' elections? You know, that needs to be looked at. Uh, the sovereignty of these countries needs to be, you know, kept intact. So there's a lot of things I think could take place. Uh, on that same note, though, is a lot of people get offended so easily nowadays. What are you going to say? Where do you draw the line? Okay, someone gets offended uh, because they were called a name, and then someone else doesn't see offense in that at all. It's going to be very difficult. Yeah. So here's a thought. <clears throat> I never thought about this until you guys were talking. Right now, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, every user has the ability, the capability to publish publicly. Okay. Every user yep. does. So if you, if you took away that privilege, meaning you can only publish and the only people that see it would be people that you're connected with in your network. It's not public. Think about that. That would immediately, immediately create a proxy from the public view. Okay. And so even someone that wanted to share what, what you were doing, it would only go to the people that they're connected with, not be viewable to the public. And then you've, you created a barrier and now you can, now you can almost have like, like a, an entrance. What does it take to get into the public broadcasting? And that takes some sort of uh, prerequisites, some qualifications, and some accountability because, you know, it's just like now. You, you can't just broadcast on television for the whole world to see, but maybe you can now with smart TV. Let's use that as a segue, you guys. Um, Dan... Blue Success Television, there's a lot to it. It's more than just television. Uh, could you yep. give us kind of the overarching umbrella of Business Leaders Unite, and then we'll get into the maybe the TV component. Yeah, sure. I mean, I actually have a financial and mathematics background, so my interest has always been in education. I spent 12 years in the seminar business full-time. And then eventually me and some other investors back in 2006, said, you know, really where we want to be is we want to build a university. So over, you know, many painstaking hours and mistakes and learning, we launched a, a Blue University, which gear, is geared towards top business leaders and entrepreneurs. And it's 100% entrepreneurship, you know, everything from sales, marketing, how to get funding, what A to Z. And so what we realized as the university started growing the traditional ways of, of, you know, PR, marketing, sales, all that was going online. And it was necessary for us to kind of get in that space to um, allow our students and allow the university to be able to communicate effectively. So, you know, a few years back, uh, we Blue University actually built its own television studio and how part came about. At what point did you say we need this content? Actually, maybe speak to the content a little bit because, like, you have educational content, but you yep. you both have a media background. You've had your own show uh, on that aired on ABC, the Dan Vegas Show. Yep. Um, you know, you're thinking, okay, we need we have a certain type of content that needs to get you know distributed through smart TV specifically. So, what's some of the I guess the rationale behind that? The education, you know, Forbes just 
released an article that next year they're expecting to see 50% of the workforce being freelancers. So a lot of people jump out there and what they're looking at is, you know, say we'll take a plumber, for instance. So the guy is the greatest plumber in the world and he's tired of working for his boss and making him all this money and all that stuff. So he decides he wants to start his own plumbing company. What what he fails to realize is you might be a great plumber, but are you a good businessman? Do you understand what it takes to do marketing? Do you understand what it takes to do sales? Do you understand all the different aspects? So the the direction of the television network is, is not only education for that aspect, but entertainment. Um, but as far as the education goes, if we can take and teach people all these different ways of being great business leaders, doesn't it make sense that their companies would not fail? A lot of people think, you know, that companies fail because they're underfunded, they're undercapitalized. And it's just not true. The companies fail because they don't have a business education or they use the money in the wrong way, which comes back to the business education. Sure. So our network is geared, you know, just about solely towards entrepreneurs and, and, and business, you know, executives and so on, but uh, not exclusively, but just about. But the thing that people look at when they think of an entrepreneur is what these traditional institutions have taught them that an entrepreneur is. Someone that goes out and creates a job for themselves and maybe they hire some employees or whatever. But we know that that's not what an entrepreneur is all you've done uh, by doing that is created a job for yourself you know you're in it 20 hours a day now you know instead of you know it, an entrepreneur to us is someone that finds a problem figures out you know the solution to that problem implements systems puts them in place puts the right people in place to operate those particular systems and then they're on to save you know solve the next Passive problem yeah, and, and passive income and, and, you know, but they're not in their business, they work on their business. And that's, a, that's, that's the big difference that we see now. So if we can get that message out, entrepreneurialism is a, it's, it's, it's more a lifestyle than a title, okay? Most entrepreneurs have a morning routine. They get up, they read, they work out, they eat right. They, they do all these different things throughout the day that that is a lifestyle and not just a job. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of what we see the network doing is showing people, you know, this is a lifestyle. It's not just something that we created. So speak to me. You have a network. You're going to produce different types of content. Some of that will be strictly educational. It goes through the university. You have the book publishing side. You have the TV side. Is that the entertainment as is that the entertainment arm, the TV side? Yeah, I think that most entrepreneurs, their vision isn't just to make money, but to have influence for the purpose of making an actual impact. And so because that's their job as a media company, we need to figure out ways to give those students access to be able to broaden their reach. And it's not for the purpose, again, of I want to be famous and I want to have this, but it's truly to make a positive impact. And that's 
as an investor, that's why I kind of gravitate towards, you know, books and film and television and music is because I feel like, and, and of course, even what you're doing with podcasts, I feel like these are those few mediums left that can, you know, close all gaps, whether it be age, race, religion, generational gaps, even reach re remote parts of territory. And it can, it can reach people and make them feel something. Maybe not just an escape for a couple hours of their life, but maybe realign their priorities or values or potentially impact them enough to where it puts them on a path for like long-term, yeah, you know, sustainable yeah. behavioral change, as grandiose as that may seem. So that's where we have these outlets for our guys to be able to get out there and, and have a broad impact. Michael, what is the... And I love what you touched on the entertainment portion. Um, if you look at the shows like Shark Tank and, you know, just the, the various shows that are out there, they're, yes, they're entertaining and they're a lot of fun and there's a lot of different things that go on. But if you watch an episode or two or three of Shark Tank or some other shows, you know, Marcus has got a great show. But if, if you look at these shows, they're not only entertaining, they're very educational. You learn how to doing a, a business evaluation. You learn how to do your pitch. You learn how to launch a product. You learn the different things that go into business from these shows. And the people that are learning this are not the people that are so much, I, I want to learn business, okay? It's the mom sitting on the couch that figures it out. Or a kid, hey, I'm going to watch Shark Tank. And by the time they're you know, 16, 18 years old, they already understand some bi basic business principles from these shows. I was going to ask you, Michael, what, what kind of volume are we talking about? What's the target audience for the, for the Blue Network? Yeah. You, you leaders and entrepreneurs, freelancers, bootstrappers. What's, what kind of numbers are we talking about? And it's global for you, not, yeah. not just U.S. Great, great question. Uh, our target audience is actually between 25 and 45. At this age, they're mature enough to start. Right. Now, that's not to say there aren't some that are younger that can get it but 25 to 45 uh most people beyond 45 not everybody you know sam walton and, and there's tons of others that they made their fortunes long after being 45 but that's our audience because they're going to get it um and how many absorb it a lot better and, how, uh, and the thing is this is a global network we go out to 80 countries and almost 500 million people on the three platforms that we stream to so if someone's going to sit down, the, the, the numbers, if, is that a, on average an individual that watches television on Roku alone watches 51.2 hours a month? Well, if we can get some of that 51.2 hours, which to me just seems outrageous that someone watches that much television, uh, that means they're not doing anything else productive, in my opinion, unless it's educational, you know? Uh, but if we can get some of that time and we start acquiring more and more of that time because we are educational and entertaining and inspiring and motivating, if we can get that from them, you know, they're going to benefit from it. Yeah. We are as well. Yeah. Do you guys have an idea of the number of people that fit that, that demographic for you, uh, you know, in the U.S. and, and internationally? I know that Roku has told us that um, right now there's 800,000 people, I think, a week searching business content. On that platform, there's not a lot of business-type shows. 
Mm -hmm. uh, um, it's hard for us to speculate exactly how many are watching our, not only our shows, but you know, the shows that we're currently signing. Um, as you mentioned, I have a background in television with ABC, but the streaming side and brokering these online deals is a fairly new network. So right now we, we have a few shows up. We've signed about another 10 in the last two months that are currently in the process of giving us content to put up. But I know we're actually getting um, a few hundred thousand streams. Um, but it's, like I said, it's still new and we're still, we're still plugging away. And what's real interesting about that is we have not even done a large uh, launch. We've really not told anybody that we're live yet uh, because we're saving that for a special nice launch. And the thing is, just organically from organic searches, you know, across the three platforms. Now, the problem with that is Amazon was kind of behind in giving us analytics. I don't know if you've ever dealt with a country maybe like North Korea, but that's kind of like dealing with Apple. They, they won't tell you anything. And, uh, you know, Roku, they, they gave us the numbers and we were real happy with that. But since then, Amazon started getting more on board with giving you some good analytics. But being that we're a network, and I'm glad you touched on that, Dan, because uh, a lot of these shows are standalone. Gary Vaynerchuk's got a show. Grant Cardone. There's plenty of shows out there that are standalone. And these guys, they can do a standalone show because they have a global following of millions and millions of followers. So if they start a new television show, uh, that's exactly what it is. Their, their followers just translate to that. But there's a lot of smaller entrepreneurs out there or that don't have these global followings of several uh, hundred million followers, you know, that they can take advantage of a network where you're borrowing from the viewership of all the other entrepreneurs that are on. The yeah. Network. Cross pollinating. Well, exactly. The, the Grant and Gary, who you mentioned, they are, they are the brand, if you will, of the, <laughs> and they are the exception to the norm. Yeah. Uh, and you know, when those guys, when those guys, you know, fade away over time, okay, we all die, right. You know, where will their, what, what will happen? So like, I think of TBS, it's Turner broadcast system, but it wasn't about Ted Turner. Same thing with TNT. It wasn't about yeah, right. Ted Turner. So yeah, blue isn't about Dan Vega, no. Michael Garrison. No. It's, no. It's, a, it's a real network. That's not built on around a personality, if you will. Gentlemen, yeah, that's a good, yeah. I I, I promise my audience to keep these to a, to yeah, the half hour, and like always, we can always talk more, and we're going to we're going to talk a lot more because you're always welcome to get back up here, uh, and use this as a platform for different types of conversations, and I'm looking forward to just being more uh, collaborative and interactive with the two of you and Blue as well. Yes, thank you very much, Ryan. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. So, folks, we're going to uh, let Dan and Michael hop off, and then I'm going to go ahead and wind, wind down here. Uh, so, uh, as, you, as you can tell, we could, a lot more we could talk about, and, and we want to, and we will. So, um, the three of us are working together, uh, you know, to, to see where we can take things and, and, and work with each other on content and a lot of these ideas. So, if you like what you see here, again, this is our live weekly webcast, Auto Converse On Air. You can text the keyword autoconverse 
to 64600. That'll opt you in for SMS alerts. And we send you a link to the show each week. Next week, I have a fun lineup next week. We're kind of doing a reunion slash anniversary episode. I've got Mike Phillips, Terry Lancaster, and Mike the Car Guy Carrera all coming on. Phillips and Carrera and I did, uh, they were one of the earlier guests of this show when I launched this uh, in the spring of, of 2018, just about a year ago, a little, little more than a year ago. And Terry Lancaster, uh, he's on here quite frequently as well. So doing kind of a anniversary edition, the streamers and casters edition, should be a fun conversation, definitely will be, might be a little bit crazy. So be sure to tune in next week. Uh, if you're not subscribed yet to our podcast, search for Auto Converse in your preferred podcasting app because we take this show and all the other stuff that we do and release it there onto the Auto Converse podcast. And thank you for those that tune into the podcast because we're really seeing things pick up and, and things are taking off and we're getting just getting a lot of new interest. So it's, uh, it's pretty exciting to see. If you're not already subscribed to our YouTube channel, be sure to do that. Uh, press on the bell icon so that you can get notified when we schedule new events and go live. I'm Ryan Girardi. Thanks again for tuning in. Thanks to Dan Vega and Michael Garrison for joining us. We'll see you here same time, same place next week. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. This is Audubus Media.